Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. A God in heaven who sees you, who cares for you, who wants the best for you. God can use a shoebox full of toys to communicate that. God can use some bags of groceries for a Thanksgiving meal to communicate that. God can use food that we deliver to little children who don't have anything on school breaks to communicate that. Now, we just have to fill in the gaps and communicate it all the other times. (laughs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that we are coming yet again back to basics, back to foundational truth. God, speak to your children today. Your word that is alive, that is relevant, that is powerful, we ask that you would speak to us. Shape us in the way that you would have us be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It is always amazing to me how, we, how quickly we pivot from Thanksgiving to Christmas. <laughs> uh, Keely's family comes into town, uh, and so we, last week was just this, this blitz of, of family, and it started on Monday. And so when we say family coming to town, it's her mom, her dad, her grandmother and, and granddad, her... Um, two brothers. One of the brothers uh, has uh, three children and his wife, and one of the brothers has a girlfriend that that came this time around, Um, and then my family of four, and they're they're in our house. We're we're at other people's houses. Oh, and we have Kaylee's aunt and uncle as well, Um, and Dean and Shirley are are there oftentimes as well, so it's a crowd. (laughs) <laughs> and so what happens is, is Monday comes along and we, we come together at somebody's house and we go to the next house on Tuesday, Wednesday. There's Christmas shopping that happens at some point in the midst of that. Thursday, Thanksgiving happens at, at her uncle and aunt's house and it's completely decorated for Thanksgiving. But the tradition that we have, because everyone is in town, is that we do Christmas the day after Thanksgiving because everybody's here. And so it just makes sense to, to celebrate Christmas. And so what Kaylee's uncle and aunt do is between Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas the next evening, they completely undecorate their house for Thanksgiving. They redecorate their house for Christmas, like complete with like two to three Christmas trees, multiple Christmas villages on every surface and a little snow and, and all of the, the Christmas things that you would expect to see. I mean, it's amazing that somebody is able to do that fast enough. I, I put lights on one outside tree yesterday, and granted, I have kind of a bum shoulder, so like me lofting these lights over was kind of comical to watch, I'm sure. But um, I was kind of done after that, as, let alone doing an entire house. So uh, I, I appreciate it, but my goodness, what a fast change. <laughs> and As we approach the month of December, I'm really looking forward to the new series that we're going to kick off during that time. 
kind of still working on the title, thinking it's going to be something like Plucked from Obscurity. Um, as we were doing our work day, we came across a poster that shows the entire lineage of Jesus from uh, Adam to Jesus. And, you know, I've, I've, I read the Bible, and so I, I've, <laughs> I, I've seen that lineage before. I, I've seen those uh, genealogies that we, we see, and let's be honest, most of the time when that chapter comes up in our reading guide, it's like, well, maybe we can just skim that one, right? <laughs> because well, I can't even pronounce most of those names, let alone read them out loud. But you start looking at some of these names, and you start looking and thinking about why, why are they here? And what an honor for that name to be seen here. For that name to be recorded for all of history as being part of the, the line of David, as part of the line of Jesus Christ. And if we look at the lives that are represented by some of these people, we start seeing that, that they have been plucked from obscurity and that they, are, they have lived lives that are amazing. That they have maybe not even lived a life that's amazing. They have been used in extraordinary ways by God. And so that's what, what we're going to start looking at over the next few weeks as we, we move into that series. But today we're going to finish going back to basics. As we've gone through this series, as we've gone through this time, we have covered a lot of ground. We've covered a lot of different areas that are relevant to our lives as followers of Christ. We need to go back to basics because they're, they're important. Here's a, a churchy phrase. We need to go back to basics because good theology can save your life. Well, Matt, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say that. No, it really is true. There are times when we, as followers of Christ, where we, as children of God, and human beings on this earth are going to find ourselves up against a wall. There are going to be times when we find ourselves in the midst of struggle. There are going to be times when we are facing hardship, when we're trying to figure out how to make ends meet in the middle of a holiday season, when we are potentially losing a job, when we're dealing with an unexpected health crisis, when we are dealing with the loss of a family member, when we're dealing with, with trouble with our kids. Maybe there's trouble in your marriage. Maybe you're dealing with depression. Maybe there's something else that's going on. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. And it's in the midst of those things, in the middle of those struggles where you're crying out saying, God, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here, that we come back to basics. It's in the midst of these hard times that we have to ask ourselves, what do I know to be true? What do you know to be true? I know that God is good. 
I know that God is faithful. I know that he will never leave me. I know that his mercy endures forever. I know that my life is not a mistake. I know that God has a purpose for me. I know that God is working out a plan for me. I know that God is singing blessing over me. I know that God loves me. I know that the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I know that Jesus is alive. I know that he will come again. There was a a saying that I, I found yesterday as I was typing this out. I have not always been faithful to God, but he has always been faithful to me. What do you know to be true? It makes sense, right? Because when, when you are lost, we talked about what do you do when you're lost? You go back to what you know. You go back to the road that you know, and from there you start again. You say, okay, this is gonna get me where I need to go. When it comes down to, to troubleshooting technology, when it comes to, to troubleshooting anything, we, we always start with, okay, what is fact? Can I, can I confirm that the, the physical device that I'm working on is actually functioning the way that it's supposed to? And once I've confirmed that that's functioning the way it's supposed to, then I start looking at, okay, maybe this is a user problem. Maybe this is somebody entering incorrect information. Maybe there's something wrong with the software that I need to troubleshoot. And we, we start building on top of that. And we start figuring out what is the actual problem. But we always go back to what we know. We have to go back to basics to counteract the current emphasis on feeling and experience is the final arbiter of faith. Feeling and experience cannot be what, what actually communicates faith and, and truth in our life. Why can't that be? Because feeling and experience will let us down every time. There will be a season where you just don't feel loved. There will be a season where you don't feel like worshiping. There will be a season where you don't feel like singing God's praises to the ends of the earth. That is just life. That is a fact. There's the relativist who says that what's right for somebody maybe isn't right for another person. And so because of that, the, this particular issue that, that the church has identified as being wrong maybe isn't wrong for everyone. It's only, only wrong for certain people. And it, it starts leading to this widespread immorality across the entire world. And what we have to come back to is the question of who is God? 
Because, and that is a, a back-to-basics question. Who is God? Do you believe that, that the church stands over God? And so we can correct what it is that God says. Or do we believe that God stands over the church? And so I should be corrected by what God says. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you to do? To confess Jesus is Lord, but not to obey him, is to build our lives on a foundation of sand. We have to go back to basics because of the, the principle of authority. If you think about it, if you stop for a moment, Christians believe something that, that's very profound, that is fundamentally very radical. In the age of moral and spiritual anarchy, we believe that there is a God in heaven that has spoken to the human race that has spoken to the human race very clearly. He has made his word clear through the Bible. One author puts it this way, we believe in authority in an era that prizes individual freedom. Christians believe in a supreme being who dictates our words and deeds. To modern ears, the concept sounds outrageously autocratic, from when to die to when to give birth, from whom to have sex with, who to spend, how to spend their money. The outside world believes that they should enjoy unlimited freedom, but for the Christian, freedom is not an end in itself. Unfettered individualism can mean greed and selfishness, the evasion of personal responsibility, the destruction of the family. Christians believe that from an all-powerful authority stems a clear system of judgment which teaches that what is right and wrong. If we look at the, the attack that came from the serpent in the garden in Genesis 3.1, he says, did God really say that you must not eat from the tree in the garden. Coming back to basics means that the church, that we as followers of Christ, once again declare the truth of God with boldness, saying this is who my God is, this is what is right, and I will stand for what is right. If you look at the ministry of people like Billy Graham. There's a specific phrase that he uses, and he uses it repetitively. I, a, a few years ago, I sat down and I, I just started watching all of the old uh, newsreels with Billy Graham, watching the, the different crusades and, and listening to, to how he proclaimed the gospel, and he had these three words that he said over and over and over again. The Bible says. He didn't have some great idea that he made up himself. He was pulling from the word of God over and over and over and over again. The Bible says he knew 
where his authority came from. To a world that rejects authority, the church must declare the authority of God. We have to go back to basics because first we have to know. We have to know the truth. And we have to grow in that truth. And then we have to lead others to it. That sounds so easy. It sounds so simple. It sounds so straightforward. You have to know something. You have to develop that thing that you learn in your life. And then once you've done that, you have to bring other people along with you. So often, we get some of those steps mixed up. So often you start dragging people along with you before you, you even know what it is that you're talking about. <laughs> so often you're, you're just trying to, to communicate something that you don't, you don't even know what you have. We need to know and then we need to, to learn and grow in that and then we need to show that to others. We have to go back to basics. Because we, we owe it to the world. We owe it to God. We have to have Christians who, who don't just show up and, and go with the flow. We have to stand up and say, this is what the Bible says. This is what God says. This is the, the authority, the, the moral direction that we have been given. And I'm not going to change because it's the popular thing to do. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world. We're not supposed to let the world squeeze, shape, and push, me, push us into the mold that they have. Why? Because we're not supposed to look like the world. We're supposed to look different. But there's more to that verse. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we're not supposed to just be not conformed to the world. We are supposed to be something completely different. When we say be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what does that mean? How, how, what does that look like? How do I get there? Spiritual growth begins, just like we said, as we learn the truth of God, as we come back to those basics. First, we know. And that knowing renews our mind. Then we grow, and as we grow, we're, we're becoming transformed. We're transformed by what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. We're transformed as we are washed with the word of God. We are transformed. And then from there, we are ready to show the world who Jesus is. 
And so as we, we come this morning, then we have three questions. Or three points, not necessarily questions, three points that, that we need to ask ourselves, that we need to, to check in our own life. How will we work out this, this back to basics theme? Are we just going to leave this eight-part series? Are we going to step away from these eight weeks and say, well, on to the next thing. Check that off my list, something that we don't need to worry about anymore. Or is there actual growth that we're going to take away from this process? What are we going to do? The, the first checkbox that we need to do to make sure that we actually have sustainability in this process is making sure of our relationship with Jesus. This is where it starts. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Did you know it's possible to talk about Jesus and not be a follower of Christ? It's also possible to be a church member and to not be a follower of Christ. It's possible to be somebody who knows all of the, the right answers when they, they look at the, the Bible questions. It's somebody who, who maybe has all of the verses memorized, but they still don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because they've never made a decision to trust in Jesus Christ alone. They've never made a decision to say that, that I can't do it on my own. I can't do it by myself. I need Jesus Christ for my salvation. That's the first step. Next. We have to ground ourselves and our families in the word of God. That's, that's coming back to basics. If we don't give our children, if we don't give our grandchildren or whoever your extended or uh, immediate family is something to believe in, there are people, there are, are things in this world that will. Social media is giving an entire generation something to believe in every second of the day. So many parents think that, that sports and hobbies and, well, if I just put my child in Christian school, then that's going to be enough for them to, to be followers of Christ as, as they grow up. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not mocking Christian school. My wife teaches at Christian school. I, there's a, a value to that. But parents, we cannot relegate the responsibility of raising our children up in the way they should go to another person. It is our responsibility. It is my responsibility to make sure that Oliver and Eve come out of the life and the, the time that they have in my family as followers of Jesus Christ, not just because that's the thing we do, but because they run, recognize and understand that a relationship with God is a basic. It is the foundational truth that everything else is built upon. That is my responsibility as a parent. 
That is our responsibility as a church. Maybe you don't have kids. That doesn't let you off the hook. It's not just a matter of immediate family. It doesn't stop there. That's just the basic. Once we get out of that point, we then say, okay, well, that's great. I'm glad that you and your family made it to heaven. And we get there and God's like, well, what about your neighbor who is next door? What about that guy that you spent more time with at your workplace than you did with your family? You spent eight hours every single day with these people. Did you ever tell them that there is a, a hope that they can look to? The best thing that we can do is make sure that, that our homes, that our workplaces, that our relationships reflect genuine spiritual reality. That they reflect what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We need to be bold about our faith. We're never to be ashamed. We're never to be discouraged about who Jesus is or, or what Jesus can do. We're called to pray. When it comes to coming back to basics, there's a, a very simple way to pray. We can pray those three things. God, help me to know. Help me to know your truth. Help me to, to learn and to, to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Help me to know it, not just in my head, but help me to know and understand in my being and, and who I am. And God, once, once I know, help me to grow and to, to develop that and to, to allow that to flourish in my life. And, and once that has happened, God, give me the words to say. Give me the words to show the rest of the world what it means. Our task is to go back to basics. If we go forward into this year and, and in going forward, we, we know foundational truth, then we will not be shaken when, when hardship comes our way in the midst of trial and loss and sickness and, and need, we'll be able to go back in those hard times, go back to basics and, and proclaim what we know to be true. I'm gonna read that list, list again, that God is good. That God is faithful. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. That his mercy endures forever. That I'm not here mis by mistake. That God has a purpose for my life. That he is working out a plan for me. He, he still loves me. 
that the Holy Spirit dwells within me, that Jesus is alive and that he's coming again. If we come back to those foundational truths and say, this is what I know to be true. And even in the darkest storm, even in the, the midst of the, the most tragic of trials and hardship, we will not be shaken. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your truth that speaks to us through your word. God, as we, we come back to basics, as we come back to your heart, Lord, we ask that, that we would not be willing to sit idly by, but we would stand and we would proclaim your authority. We would proclaim what's right. God, as we look forward to a new season, as we look forward to the coming year, Lord, bring us back to those basics. Bring us back to those things that, that we need to keep fresh. Let this not just be a, a one-time event, not just one particular season that we, we stopped to, to look at these points, but help us to, to come back time after time after time, recognizing that this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Lord, help us to grow in these things and help us to bring others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 